Hey, good morning, Nash Vegas. And if you haven't lived here long enough and don't know this place is Nash Vegas, then you need to talk to somebody that has lived here long enough and knows this place as <laughs> Nash Vegas, baby. Boo. Shut up, JT, behind a glass. Don't Locals don't up. call it that. Dude. Locals will kick you out of town for calling it Nash Vegas. Dude, we all love this town, man. The people that have lived here forever and the people that are relocating If you here. love it, appreciate it. Drop the Vegas. <laughs> Jealous, man. Jealous. I'm not jealous. It's just stupid. That's all. I agree with JT. Accept the change, man. I'm accepting the change, not the name. It's about the city. It's about the neon lights, which are cool. I mean, I love the neon lights, but I don't want being. Come on, Andrew. What is it? I think I kind of agree that I think that that's a tourist term. Yeah. It is a tourist term. We are our own city. They should be calling themselves, you know, Lost Nashville. Yeah, there you go. Because we got their butts beat. Yes, yes, yes. That's nah, bottom line. Any event, this is the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC, where we are stirring up controversy this morning. And man, we got a packed show today. We're going to get into some affordable housing, and we've got some killer, killer information for you. But if you missed last week's show, we're going to do a quick recap. But uh, if you missed it, you can always go out to the website at moneymanmike.net and on uh, Facebook at moneymanmikeradio. And last week, we got into the CFPB, the Consumer Financial, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It's a mouthful to say, man. And there's a lot of stuff that's being thrown around the media and you hear about on the news and you read about online. And it's a lot of information to cover and you know, just a 30-minute span, 60-minute span, or even a two or three hours. But, man, there's so much that you know the CFPB does and impacts on uh, you know, our individual lives and so forth. But... Um, it's it's really good. The people ought to go online to look at the videos because it's it is kind of a nerdy subject. Yes. Unfortunately, the way that the videos are put together, it's nice and edited in a way that makes it so that it's easier to understand. Yeah. Still nerdy though. It was pretty nerdy, but I mean, nerd stuff is important sometimes too. You know. You gotta take the good with the bad, Andrew. Come on. No, it's it's not good or bad. It's you know technical wonky stuff versus stuff you need to know. Yeah, yeah. Everybody right. got you got technical stuff you got to know sometimes. Absolutely. absolutely. We're going to do that again today. We're going to really dig into a very important Man, issue. And today's show is unbelievable. And but know, before we do that, we're going to introduce Andrew, right? No, 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 man. We're going to hop right in. <laughs> we're going to jump right in, man. I said that no, because I course. want you to introduce me too, Dag. On it. Well, I'm going to introduce you, but <laughs> Andrew over here, mm-hmm. she has a special intro today. I do. Yeah. Who? 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 Well, you always got that intro. What's my you intro? Got a new, you got a new family member. Oh, oh man. Really? Yeah. Wow. You're going to call me out? Wow. I just said, hey, congratulations. You've got Thank a new you. family member. What am I calling you out on? I'm, I'm, what are you talking about, Okay, Andrew? so I'm a step-grandmother. If y'all watch the videos, I'm not very old. My husband's older than me. He has uh, grown what children. About, what are you saying about him? I'm just saying I'm 38 years old and I have three grandkids. But you know, you know, if you're 30-something and you have grandkids, you know what that really means. What? You're a trophy wife. Come on, oh, Andrew. whatever. You don't have to be old <laughs> to be a grandmother. Well, no, I guess you don't, but if I, I, I have step grandkids, okay? And, they th- and my husband thinks it's funny to get them to try to call me Grandra. Grandra. <laughs> trophy wife. Anyway. Grandra, the trophy wife. I don't think the trophy wife can also be the breadwinner, if you know what I'm saying. So I don't know about all that. Wow. Wow. Land it on. Wow. There's that nerve you just Let's uh, move on over to David real quick, man. Good morning, Mike. How you doing? (laughs) Not bad, man. (laughs) 
Ooh. Oh, man. I hope David. He, I, hey, I hope he doesn't listen this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'll be out there fishing and be like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll send it to him. There yeah. you go. <laughs> now, Sassy will make a video for you. Don't you worry. Yes, oh, yes, wow. yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, we didn't say Andrew Brewer with Benchmark Realty. Hello, don't Nashville. You, don't you mean Grandra? Grandra, <laughs> the trophy wife. <laughs> <laughs> and David Lukey with Capital Homes. Man, how are you doing? I'm excellent. Now, today's show, man, affordable housing. Mm. And all I can say is, OMG. Yeah. Because I thought I knew what was going on with affordable housing to some extent. And then I read the article that, um, what was it, the home buyer, not the home buyers, geez, the Home Builders Association Middle Tennessee uh, put out their uh, against the Metropolitan Government of Nashville, Davidson County, mm-hmm. on April 24th of this year, 2017, talking about the affordable housing situation, and it's mind-blowing. Yeah. And, you know, you you hear about it, but, man, just to really understand the mm-hmm. truth of what's going on is insane. Yeah. And I don't want to steal the funder from David or anything like that. Plus, we've got a special guest uh, joining us here on the phone. His name is uh, Earl Robertson, and he's the president mm-hmm. of Innovative Builder Solutions, and that's a new home sales and marketing company that operates up in Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, and the Virginia area. Mm-hmm. Earl has over 30 years' experience in new home field in the new home field and has overseen $3 billion, actually over $3 billion in new home sales, and Earl is extremely familiar with affordable housing up in Maryland, and they now refer to it as workforce housing. Yeah. So we're very fortunate to have Earl here on the phone with us today. And he'll be how, he'll be joining us a little later, yeah, to talk about that yeah. and specifically what's going on in Maryland. It's but incredible. but here's a situation. It's really kind of interesting. In in Met, in Metro in Davidson County, they're trying to pass an ordinance that will uh, connect with zoning mm-hmm. to say that a certain percentage of the homes in an approved building or community have to be set aside for um, affordable housing, for workforce-price-ranged homes. Right. Now, s- different municipalities have done this differently. And I, you know, in addition to the one that was in the Home Builders magazine, there, there's also been really interesting... I would say very good coverage in the Tennessee, and it's been going back since October talking about this issue. And I wish we had probably jumped on a little earlier, um, but it's talking about how rents are going up, and we're going to talk a little bit more when we come back about rents going up in the area and what this city wants to do to try to bring some affordable purchase housing for people. Not just affordable, we're not talking about rentals, we're talking about houses, houses that they can purchase. Right. And so we'll talk about that when we come back. They want to set aside some stuff, carve it out. And this is something they've been doing in Montgomery County for at least two decades, maybe longer, which is why I've asked Earl to join us today because he has lots of experience to talk about. Montgomery County up in Maryland. Maryland. I'm sorry. Yeah, Montgomery County, Maryland, right outside of D.C. That's correct. Cool. Hey, we're going to jump out to a break real quick, but when we get back, we're going to get into this and really get into some interesting information. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back.
Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show, where we talk all things real estate. And today we are talking about affordable housing. And we have David Lukey from Capital Homes and Earl Robbins from actually the president of Innovative Building Solutions with New Home Sales and Marketing Company that's up in Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, and Virginia joining us on the phone. And we're going to turn this thing over to both David and Earl to just talk about how affordable housing is going to impact us here in Nashville and the current legislation and so forth. Yeah, each municipality obviously deals with this very differently, but in Tennessee, they're trying to use a model that has been used up in the Northeast um, of carving out within a development a certain percentage of homes to be for workforce housing. And what they're targeting to do is they're trying to say, this is the price range that somebody in the median income can afford, and you have to hit housing where their ratios, something we've talked about on this show a few times, is going to be appropriate for that income level. Now, Earl, you and I were talking earlier this week about this, um, and my understanding in, in Montgomery County and other parts of, of the Maryland marketplace, they actually, they're doing this only in multifamily communities, which is townhouses or condos, and the units are the same. Is that correct? That's correct. Good morning, guys. How are you? Excellent. Right. Excellent. How you been? Good. Good. Fabulous. Thanks. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're right, David. What they're doing uh, right now is it's, the, it's, it's a similar product. It, it is, if it's a condominium, it's the same condominium that anyone else would buy at, at would be a market price. And same thing with the townhomes. So up here, we refer to them as market homes, which is obviously at whatever the sales price the market drives. And and they've recently changed it to affordable housing to workforce housing is what it's being called today. Got it. And so in your situation, which is different than what they're trying to do in Davidson County, the developer has to basically average his prices out so that he can make money and subsidize by charging more for the market-priced homes as opposed to the uh, workforce housing. Is that correct? That, that is correct, David. And I'll also tell you, it didn't start out that way. It's like okay. any government program, it started out as something different. It sounds to, to me like what you guys are talking about, and, and again, I could be slightly wrong on this, is it would be different, potentially smaller homes that are just more affordable. Uh, that is the way it started here also, but it has, it has morphed into this exact same home for half the price. That's interesting. So it used to be back in the day that you could have a differential between the the finished features and the size of the home and so forth, and it's morphed into all the houses have to be the same. Yeah, they are essentially the same today in like Montgomery County, Maryland, or Howard County, Maryland, very, very expensive counties. The, the biggest issue, and there's many things we'll talk about today, but one of the issues is if you're a developer and you are forced, a, build, a builder slash developer, you're forced to sell a home for half of what you would sell it at market. All you're really doing is spreading those costs across all the other homes and raising all your prices 10 or 20%. What's the impact on the end consumer? End consumer is paying a much, much higher price than they would have been because the market price is driven higher. In fact, I can't remember the name of this book off the top of my head. I just finished a book recently that talked about uh, housing prices. And if you look at every area 
where there's government intervention in the Northeast, in California, for example, prices are astronomical. Portland was used as an example. Prices are astronomical. If you look in areas like Texas, for example, where there is not government inter- intervention, gov- uh, housing is affordable. That's so hmm. it, it actually works counterproductive to what you think you're, you're, you think you're going to be helpful and you're actually not. Now, when someone buys one of the workforce housing, as they're calling it now, is there any kind of a holdback period or can they sell the house at market price you know, within a couple of years? Uh, no, there, there are definitely holdback periods, and it's typically around seven years. Uh, and then there's even some other restrictions where it needs to be sold to another workforce housing person, and there's limitations on how much you can do, you can, you can raise the price. It, it might go up 3% per year or something along those lines. But it, it's a little different based on the, each jurisdiction because it gets voted in on how each one's going to be approved. So even the consumer who's buying the workforce housing gets pinned in by regulation in terms of what they can sell it for, how soon they can sell it, and how much they can sell it for. Is that correct? That is correct. Wow. Can you rent it? Um, no, you can't. In fact, you've got to sign a document that it, it, it's typically a minimum of five years that you agree to reside there. Mm-hmm. And obviously the problem is, what if you just move out? Because you could clearly do that. So there's a lot of issues when you get the government involved in any situation like this. And, uh, guys, I guess the number one thing I'd say is, have you ever seen a government program that actually is today what it was intended to be? And the answer is no. So my fear for when I look at something like Nashville is you have a fairly affordable market in the scheme of housing, I understand some areas like Brentwood and Franklin might not be considered affordable, but in the scheme of the country, they are affordable. And when you do something like this, you put government uh, regulation and prices will increase radically. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the, the one of the big impetus behind pushing this is that rents have gone up 60% in the last six years in, in the Nashville marketplace. Rents have gone from about 872 to about... $1,400, which sounds pretty astronomical. But when you take and you look at rent as a percentage of income, Nashville is still so affordable yeah, compared to still. other urban centers of our size, exactly. of our you know our workforce and the jobs that we have. It seems like they're jumping the gun a little bit. Now, Earl, there is an interesting dynamic here in, in the great state of Tennessee where we've got uh, people in Nashville who are mostly Democrats, who think this is a great idea. <laughs> and the city has actually put its foot down. I'm sorry, so the, the state has actually put its foot down, and it just last week passed legislation saying that Davidson County can't do this. It's They're going to spend a lot of money fighting this out in court if the city tries to pursue it. It seems the interesting thing to me is I actually had a, a exchange with a councilman who wants to in an area where housing is generally considered pretty affordable here in Davidson County, wants to raise the restrictions when when people go in for a planned unit development. Um, and so what happens sometimes is you, you take and you want to develop, you know, 50 homes. And you've got to get your planned unit development approved, and the city will work with you in terms of your restrictions, in terms of how much brick they want and so forth. And so here's this councilman who says he's all for affordable housing, and he's prepared to vote for this bill so that we can have affordable housing. And at the same time, in his area, he wants 100% brick in an area where 100% brick is not warranted. He wants you know big homes, big features, big price, because if we just figure out some way to artificially raise the price, 
people with money will want to live here. And it's it's really hysterical. It's like, hold on, what do you want? Do you want workforce housing or do you want high-end housing? Well, I want workforce housing in other people's areas, but I want high-end housing in my area. Mm-hmm. And, okay. All right, Dave, I got a great one for you. Here's go a good analogy. Many of these councilmen folks you're referring to probably live in Brentwood. Well, so, they're, they're in Davidson them. County, but they li- so they live in Berry Hill, but yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Bell Mead, something like that. So just picture this. A new community is going to be built in one of these high-end areas. And let's just say yeah. it's in a million-dollar community. Yeah. I will guarantee you there's no legislation that they, they must build $350,000 workforce housing so everyone gets to enjoy living in, in Brentwood. It would never happen. It's a ludicrous argument. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's interesting because when you look at the uh, way that they want to start it out, Earl, you're right. It's what they're talking about doing is saying, okay, the city's going to subsidize this and that the features don't need to be the same. And so in today's right. current form... It right. kind of makes a little bit of sense, and it, and it doesn't sound too draconian, mm-hmm. you know. But you well, do have to worry what's coming next. What's the next right. shoe that's going to drop? Well, it, it'll just not stay that way because my argument would be: Why are those same folks not looking to live in White House or what yeah. is it, Cotton Town, something like that? I know those are farther out, but the same folks that are going to pay a market price. They didn't start out living in, in, in close in town. They, they bought, they moved up, they, they saved. It's the same concept. And what we're saying is you no longer have to do that. Yep. That's interesting and intriguing, man. We got to jump out to a break real quick and come back. We're going to pick up this conversation and take it on to the next part of the subject. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show. Where we talk all things real estate. And today we are talking about affordable housing. And man, it's an eye opening subject this morning up in here. And man, you know, Andrew had a great question during the break. And it's what a lot of people, you know, perceive affordable housing to be because, you know, there's all these programs that everybody's used to and you hear about. and these specific mortgage programs and so forth. And go ahead and ask that one question for everybody on the air to David. Well, in general, I was talking about, like, I was on the sales team for Rolling Mill Hill downtown, and we offered, like, a little, uh, we had a certain amount of affordable units that were, you know, there's first-time homebuyer programs, and then these were set aside specifically for people that were under a certain income criteria. So they were considered affordable housing and I guess my question is, like, what's the difference in that and what they're proposing? Yeah, yeah well, the, the interesting thing is, is is they're not proposing that much different today than that. So what they're, this proposal that they have before us right now is specifically only for any multifamily zoning. Okay. So a mid-rise or I, they, I guess people consider them high-rises here, uh, usually in most urban markets until you get over 35 because well, they use that solo east in East Nashville yeah. as an example. Yeah. Well, let's define mid-rise because not everybody's going to understand what mid-rise is. Yeah, basically, anything that's over about six floors up to about 35 floors is considered okay. a mid-rise. Right. Uh, 30, over 35 floors is considered a high-rise. Okay. So there's not actually really what you would classify as a high-rise in Nashville. Right. There's nothing over 35 floors right now. So anyway... Um, so the mid-rise uh, condos or a townhouse type where the homes are attached or their condo overlays on all the property, 
And what they're proposing right now is different than what they're dealing with in Maryland and Virginia, where it does not have to be the same product. And the city is actually providing subsidies to developers for, for doing this. So it is a little market more market-driven, but there is going to be deed restrictions on the people who buy these homes. So one thing that make sure that people don't misunderstand, we're not talking about the subsidized no-rent project. We're talking about home ownership. We are talking about right. providing home ownership to people, which I think in, in and of itself is a, is a noble task to try Absolutely. to do that. But there is different market-driven ways to provide that kind of thing in an urban environment so that you can have some workforce housing. You, you really want your school teachers and your police officers to live in the county they service. Absolutely. And so I think that that's, there is something noble about trying to do that. The problem is how far in the weeds do you get in that process? So Earl does come from a, a we'll call it a more conservative a more free mark, not uh, more capitalist, I think, really is a better way to put it, approach to it. He does take a, a slightly different view of it than I do, that the government has no place involved in it. Um, I think the government does have a place. I, this current legislation is very interesting because it is talking about carving out only 100 units out of the number of units that are going to be going condo over the next few years. Um, 100 total in the city? Yes, that's it? Yeah. Remember, this is only new construction. It's not resale. Right. So, well, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't seem like that much. It's not a lot. And they're providing some subsidies for that. But he did point out that that's how it always starts. That, that is and how it And then it evolves into something else. But let's think about this relative to Nashville, because there is a slightly different political tone up in Maryland and Virginia. But wait. I'm sorry. Let me go right. back. So if they take 100 units in all of the city yeah. and they make those specific ones affordable and they're the same yeah. as what the Joe Schmo right next to you is, but he no. paid more for it. No, they're, no, they're not the same. Okay. They can be like there. There are several mid-rise buildings downtown that have actually this has been around for about 10 years mm -hmm. and the subsidies were actually coming from HUD. Right. So not from the housing and urban development, not from the city. The city is trying to add to that program. So there are several buildings downtown where they would sell um, loft units mm -hmm. in, on a floor that had a whole bunch of one- and two-bedroom units. There would be one loft unit. Okay. And that was reserved for school teachers and, and firemen or police officers. And it, the price that they would charge would be appropriate for someone making that Amount of public money, servant that staff, I mean, yeah. money. And then there'd be a deed restriction that they couldn't sell it for five years, or if they did sell it in less than five years, they had to give a prorated portion of the profits back to the city. Now, unfortunately, this was 2008, and so selling them for a profit wasn't was even not, an option, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, they, they were, you know, the values went down, so it didn't pan out that way. But the idea was if they, if they sold early, then a portion of those profits would go back into the pot to subsidize the next person. Mm -hmm. right. So that's one interesting mechanism. The other mechanism that the state has done on several occasions is THDA financing, yep. where they subsidize the rate or they subsidize the closing cost, take your pick on the front end, exactly. which is income-based. You can't make more than a certain amount of money. Right. And that is also a very interesting and, and a well-funded program that has, I think, worked pretty well. I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. It's just getting to a point now where there aren't any houses inside exactly. Davidson that County yes. that, yes. that even qualify for that. So what can the city do? One of the answers is density. You know, get more density, mm -hmm. more loft apartments, and, and that's going to make it easier to have some affordable stuff. Yeah, but then how do you, how do you still go out there and put the criteria that – 
I mean, how many single firefighters and single teachers are there for a one, not even one bedroom? It's just a loft. Yeah, and then, you then, then you run into the slippery slope that Earl's talking about. All of a sudden, you want to well, you want to do at least a two bedroom so that a married couple with a child can, yeah. who's a police officer, can also do it and. And then you when they start changing everything. Yeah. Then no, don't you want single family homes too, so the kids gonna have a yard. They may have three kids or whatever. Right. And then so you do start to run into that slippery slope, and it gets difficult. And then you go, well, how you know, how do we not help out restaurant workers? You know, True. and then how do we not help out you know janitors? You know, and 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 Franklin and Brentwood actually deal with this problem. They actually have this problem, where restaurants have a very difficult time being open for low-volume meals, whether it's lunch or dinner for that particular restaurant, because they they have a hard time getting the workers to drive to their space because it's it's not affordable to live in Williamson County if you're a server yeah, right, or whatever, right. you know. And so Williamson County is struggling with that right now, and that, that's actually made it possible when restaurant owners and so forth started complaining for them to get some of the apartments that have been approved in Cool Springs approved lately so that they can have a workforce. Because if you can't, you know, not everybody's going to be a vice president at, you know. Bridgestone or wherever. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got you got to have people who sweep the floors and fix the yeah. cars and snake the drains. I think that one of the things that Earl did say that is interesting is, you know, if you there is plenty of affordable housing in Dixon. You go to capitalhomeideas.com and find the housing that we have exactly. out in Dixon, you know. and Head on out to Cottontown. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cottontown. <laughs> you know, so that that is one of the free market options that is out there is go a little farther, commute a little farther. Um, but then it does also put strain on public transportation. How do you, you know, affordably get people to come into work? Right. It's tough. I And I'm my goal... In discussing this issue, is not to say it's a good idea or a bad idea. I mean, Earl clearly thinks it's a bad idea. Right. My goal is I don't think people are talking about it at all, and I mean, we're trying to bring awareness. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I, and I think the Tennessean, from the we need to help people side of the equation. Okay. Whether you consider that liberal or whatever you or Democrat, whatever you want to consider that, I don't care. But from that perspective, has done a great job reporting on this since October. And go back and read the old articles. You may disagree with everything bit of their analysis. That's fine. I think it's really important that people understand the issue so that they can, because at some point, someone has to tell the politicians what they think. And if they don't know anything about the issue and they go to tell a politician, don't ever do that. Then, you know, the politician goes, well, you don't know anything about the issue, so how can I listen to you because you don't really, you haven't even read You're not this. Informed, yeah. yeah. All you know is someone told you it was a bad idea. Right. So, I mean, you you as a builder at Capital Homes, you don't do, you guys don't build a lot of multifamily stuff, so it's, yeah. you're kind of immune from it, but yet. Well, until the slippery slope starts. True. So, right. once the evolution starts and then. You kind of get sucked into it, but you're but you're right. Right now, today, in 2017, my primary interest is as a citizen, not as a home builder. Right. Because I'm I don't do mid rises. Yeah, man, it's 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 complex, man. There is no simple answer to that. Which goes back to what we were talking about at the top with the CFPB. There is no simple easy answer. You can't cover the stuff in 30 minutes, two minutes, two hours, two years. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Hey, we got to jump out to a break. We're going to come back and finish, uh, wrap up the show and get into a little bit more stuff and then give you a little bit of a tease for what we're going to talk about next week. So, been listening to the Money Man Mike show here on News Radio 1510 WIC. We'll be right back.
Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show. We talk all things real estate, along with some affordable housing today. And during the break, we were just talking about remember Nashville when? <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. JT behind the glass that makes everything happen for us said, Do any of you guys know when? Jimmy. Or what the first high rise was oh, what in downtown the first Nashville. High rise. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, what yeah. the first high rate was. We did know. Yes, you did. The I was LNC impressed. Tower. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when was it built? 1965. There you go. We didn't know that. Though. Now, there's a little tie-in to the LNC building in WLAC. Do you guys know what that is? No. Life and Casualty is what L- LNC stands for. It's an insurance company. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was the original owner of this radio station. Oh. Ah. LAC's Life and Casualty. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, mm-hmm. I got you. I am That's now what educated. W-L-A-C. Okay. In the early days of radio, insurance companies owned a lot of radio stations. Yeah. More in this town, but I won't mention them because they're competitors. Yeah. Well, they stink anyway. <laughs> they're awful no free anyway. Free endorsements. <laughs> we'll put it this way. I'll tell you that the, the, the acronym. The, uh, I'll tell you what the words are. You figure out the acronym. We Shield Millions. Take the first, really? Take the first letter of each one of those, and you've got another uh, legendary radio station. Now, I, yeah, I, I got that. That's great. Yep. It's uh, the the uh, what do they call it now? It's the country music station, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll just say it. WSM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's wild. I didn't know. Now, what the Opry comes on? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. That is I, that is a legendary radio station right never there. Never thought yeah. that. Been around since 1925. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. But we were talking about, you know, traffic. Oh, yeah. When I first moved here, a builder that I worked for that is no longer in this marketplace had homes they were building in Summerfield. And my house in West Mead, I could get to Summerfield in 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. And now I live closer (laughs) in West Mead. I now live over kind of near the steeplechase area. So I'm about 10 minutes closer. When I shouldn't say ten minutes, about probably about five miles closer, and it takes me forty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> on a good day. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't drive much during rush hour. I leave that for everybody else. But, you know, yeah. I try to get the roads. But, but yeah, forty minutes. So I, if I didn't plan on it taking me forty minutes, I was going to be late. Yeah, I mean, traffic. I mean, we sit here and complain about traffic in this town, and we wonder why Nashville's growing the way it is, and people are relocating to Nashville like they are. and I love it. I don't wonder. I, I just thank God every day. I mean, if you've lived in the other cities, I mean, I've lived in San Francisco, D.C., yeah. Dallas, um, Virginia. I mean, Virginia, that's a state. Gosh dang it. <laughs> Must be neat. Virginia City. Virginia City, yeah. There you go. There you go. Virginia Beach, uh, D.C. I mean, it's just all those major cities, they make our traffic look like a joke. Yeah. I mean, it's just we've got no traffic. Urban but we've been spoiled for years, we and now been, we're all like, yeah. oh, my God, I had to wait 10 minutes. Ur- yeah. urban, urban planning is tough. And I tell you, you know, a lot of people don't don't uh, like the idea. I happen to applaud the idea that what Mayor Barry wants to do right now in terms of building that light rail up and down Gallatin Road, yeah. where people seem to want it. The people on that side of town mm-hmm. seem to want that. I think it's great. Now, will that be like up in the air and fly, zooming by? I don't or think is that, that going to take up a lane? I, I don't I think it's know. Taking if, up a lane. I don't think. I don't know that they flush that out yet. But I, I you hope know, it's up in the air. If they start that now, 
10 years from now, we're going to be like, wow, this is really great. Yeah. You know, and it well, just, it takes time. It. It, take, it took 25 years for DC to get theirs built. Well, I'm glad they're talking about it because an article that I, you know, I saw online, I guess a few weeks ago, it was talking about the population uh, growth here in Nashville, and they estimate uh, two million in the greater Nashville area in the next three years. That's like 25 oh, yeah. percent growth. So we need to yeah. be thinking about these things now. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. Well, you know, and and we're starting to see it a little bit with that train that comes in from Mount Juliet, where people are are intentionally mm-hmm. wanting to live as close to a train stop as possible. Yeah. yeah. And when it was first built, it was like nobody rode it, and no. everybody was like, they, Tennesseans won't get out of their car. Yes, yes. Because, yeah. I mean, and if you, you know, a lot of people don't carpool or anything. You see a lot of one person travelers, mm-hmm. and yeah. they don't enforce the oh my the carpool the lane. The hub lane. The at HOV all. lane is a it's joke. Pointless. You I go could, to Atlanta, and they're like, no, you better get up out this lane or have a mannequin in there. Now, now, you're right. In Atlanta, they'll bust you for it, but you can do 90, and they don't care. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. You can you pass know, a state trooper 90, and they yeah. won't care. They, they, have, they have that all computer recognized in L.A. Oh, really? Yeah, you'll get oh, your, L.A. You, travels. You'll just get just your ticket in the mail. Oh, wow. That would suck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something else oh, in L.A. You. Have you been there lately? Uh, I have. Well, they don't have this here, but you know, maybe at some point where they have like the red light on the on ramp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Where you can only have like four or that. five cars and then they stop and you have to wait. You know the thing I don't like in Maryland that they do, and it just rubs me the wrong way because I think it's really bad for people. What's that? They they actually have express lanes you can pay for on two seventy. So you've got where all the re- regular working people drive up and down, and then right. you've got this express lane that you can pay extra money to drive on. Oh wow. And it's like Man, talk about separating the you know the the rich people from the poor. I mean, that's just wrong. I just think you know, shoot, we all pay for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They you pay you pay an extra two bucks and you can go on the rich man lane. Well, you know they do it at uh, Disney World. Yeah, they do it in Disney World too. And <laughs> I, I pay you know, to move to the front. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. you can be, be a Speed VIP or whatever can, they call yeah, it. Thing. Yeah, Give yeah. us some money, you get to go next. I, you know, and it doesn't bother me as much in a situation. That's like to me, that's like buying a, a front row seat. Okay, you've got extra money, you're rich, you can get to sit down in front. But when it comes to public services, highways, and I mean, could you imagine if if you treated electricity like that or the internet like that? Or oh, that's right, they're getting ready to do that with the internet, aren't they? Ouch. Let's hope not. Do you guys remember probably about, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, Reba McIntyre wanted to fly in a helicopter to downtown? Did you guys ever hear that story? No. No. Yeah, because I, I don't know if she still lives there, but at the time, at the time she had a home in Gallatin, and yeah, the traffic over was, there by Cherokee Steakhouse. Yeah, yeah the yeah, traffic yeah. was getting worse, and but the problem is you can't land a helicopter downtown Nashville without disrupting all the recording. Uh, right on Music Row. Wow. So they're like, nope, sorry, you can't do it. Wow. So. <laughs> So last week they had a big story on in um, on CNBC about a helicopter company that will fly you from JFK to LaGuardia for like one hundred ninety nine dollars, which is pretty cheap compared to what it was just a while ago. Just one person, one hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah. And what they're working on is new blade propelled vehicles that are battery driven. They're no gas oh, motor. I saw anymore. That. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. And they're talking about you know they're calling them flying cars, but they don't like when people call it flying cars. But they're basically hovercraft that mm-hmm. that are all electric, so they're much quieter. And they're trying to figure out all the regulations and stuff like that. It's pretty. It's well, pretty wild. Flying Uber. What, was I the only one that sold it? The flying the Uber. That's the same thing. Same yes, concept. Yes, it's the same company actually. This, they're, they've coordinated with with Uber, and they're working towards uh, pilot less. <laughs> uh, 
going to be the Jetsons before we know. Yeah, there's cars that are in cities now that there's no drivers. Yeah, yeah. But you should Google but, pulled back you know, on that. Did you see that? Yeah, that's weird. Anyway. When I was growing up yeah. here in the 80s, I was thinking all that stuff we're talking about with the flying cars is going to happen. Yeah. 2000 immediately January 1st 2000 flying cars right it didn't happen it didn't yeah. happen I was disappointed yeah <laughs> we were all waiting for the computers to melt yeah down we were Y2K yeah <laughs> now you want to have a good time find a millennial and explain that to them yeah, oh, that's they'll look at you point. like you guys are a bunch of idiots. <laughs> that's stupid. Oh, I remember that's that. You guys uh, think a cl- rolling the, over a clock's gonna mess up a was, bunch of computers? Y'all it was the unknown. Us. We didn't know. You I, know, I knew. You would think, but yeah, I, we didn't I know. knew. I knew. All you had to do was change the date on the freaking computer to see what was gonna happen. Then go down to the lower right hand corner, change the date. It was not that hard. Yeah, but how are you going to change the date on the ATM you're trying to get money out of? Well, or the gas pump? You know, I I will say this. If you don't have a few bucks at home in a, in a firebox or something like that, That's you're, not, you're not managing. I remember right. I took $200 cash out of the ATM, and I yeah. filled my tank of gas and had a few groceries at the house. That yeah. was about it. I, I, always, have ready. A, I yep. always have a month's worth of cash at the house. You always got to have it. And where, where do you live? Yeah. <laughs> it's in a vault. <laughs> and what's the combination? <laughs> Look, it's concreted in, man. He's a, a builder. It's a key. Yeah. <laughs> but, like you know, we were, we're going back to the housing thing. Other than quit talking about my vault. Yeah. <laughs> going back to the house. You know, government is not evil. I hate to tell people that. <laughs> and government primarily exists... For real estate. And people don't need to understand that, that the idea of ownership, the property ownership, the idea of managing and regulating property ownership is the main thing that government exists for outside of our mutual defense and all the other things that people think about. But think about it. If you didn't have a strong central government, patents would mean nothing. Copyrights yeah. would mean nothing. This yeah. radio station would struggle to exist because if somebody wanted to, they could just build a tower right next to us at the same frequency with more power and drown us out, whether yeah. they broadcast it or not. So, so government is about property ownership. If you, if you don't get the property ownership component right in a government, it's chaos. And so when we're talking about this affordable housing and so forth, it's about how to manage these really complicated issues of how do how do we have all spectrum of people living in an area so that we have all spectrum of services. It's complex, man. It is complicated, and the, I think and I'm really glad that we spent a lot of time talking about it today because I think the more people can educate themselves about it, the easier it's going to be when they have to talk to their politicians that we ask to try to manage this for us. Because that's what we basically do. We, we elect people to, to manage it for us. Right. You and know what I've taken away from today? Go ahead. If you are thinking of buying a home, do it now, sooner yes. than later, because yes. all these things are happening. People are moving here. Prices are going to keep going up. Yeah. Do it now. I thought you were going to say, call Andrew Brewer now. Well, and you can call me as well, but I'm just saying in general, yes. I'm sitting here, my own wheels are turning. If i got to get that land, i got to yeah. buy that land. Yeah, I time is not on your side with a city that's growing, that's exactly. going to grow. What'd you say? Another twenty five percent in the next? Yeah, they estimate three years. two million. Years. We're at yeah. one and a half now for the Greater yeah, Nashville three area. Years, seven percent a year, which is not actually crazy. No, not the rate we're going right now. No, but that is what it's growing right now, mm-hmm. and and with a lot of great jobs behind yes. it. Yes, yes, yeah, and that's basically what next week's show we're going to talk about is just you need if you're sitting on the fence or you're debating on the moving up or changing, you know, downsizing whatever. We're going to talk about 
why money's going to cost you more, why real estate's going to cost you more. We're going to get into a bunch of stuff next week, so you don't want to miss out on next week's show. Been listening to Money Man Mike show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We're out.